0: For free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello, welcome to episode 184 of Free Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with Barry Neil. Barry, once again, we're on Zoom. You're drinking, I'm drinking. Yep. So, it's all we can really do. Dry January is over. We can get boozed up to our heart's content. We have to because otherwise we'll go crazy.
1: Yeah, well, I'm coming live from my, like, bunker now, so I've decided <laughs> just to move in here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I never done dry January. Not really the kind of time to suddenly decide to give up alcohol. No. <laughs> I thought did, I'm just gonna yeah. keep powering through and I'll be fine. You know? Did you
0: see that apparently alcohol deaths in Britain like were up something like twenty five percent this year?
1: No, assuming, I didn't I'm, see that story the but best. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, not surprising.
1: Yeah, going by like, what i seen in the early days, it was generally just people sitting around, especially because we, not long after this all kicked off in the UK, we had a real nice spell of weather yes. around <laughs> about April, May time.
0: Yeah. So like,
1: literally the parks were just absolutely rammed full of people sitting around and drinking. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. Um, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm actually right now. I've got two different ones lined up, but right now I'm on the Brewdog Dog Stone Cold Slayer, which nice. is just a fucking badass name. And that's the paleo paleo one. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. And then my follow up is. Bloom. Oh. I'm not blooming any. I'm I'm not going to of that your house over Christmas. Yeah. That's actually like the last one. So is it? You know. Yeah, it's um, because I've been getting, like, other drink, so I've been, like, it's slowly getting pushed and pushed further back in the fridge, so I've seen it uh, yesterday, and I thought, I'm saving that for the podcast, so I am yourself. Desperately trying to get the Brewdog in my fridge
0: finished. I got, like, so much of it over the past, like, sort of four months that my um, the entire shelf in my fridge is full of uh, Brewdog, so tonight I'm drinking Brewdog Hazy Gene. Um, nice. Nice. I don't like, I don't really drink in the house myself. I only really drink if I'm on a podcast or if I'm like having a Zoom call with like friends or something. I'll be drink then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not actually getting used up very quickly. So I need to have to try and have more conversation with people. And then actually, I just, like drag just, like, it through all the booze quicker. Come, you know what? you really enjoy something, but you want to try and try different things. Like mm. I've drank a lot of Brewdog over the past like six months. That's all I've had in the fridge. Like I feel I need to get yeah. some more different stuff, nothing against yeah. it. We love Brewdog. We like Brewdog. Well, yeah. I
1: need some variation. I need some variation. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I've usually got quite a random collection. It's really just whatever I see. Plus, also, I'm a bit like yourself. I don't generally drink in the house unless I'm like doing the podcast or yeah. I'm talking to people or whatever. But it's like I've still got like a whole bunch of booze from like last year, like yeah. spirits and stuff that I've never even touched. Like, I've got two full massive bottles of like Morgans, and I'm oh. like, well, at some point, I'm gonna actually have to like start rattling them, or else I'm just gonna to have to fling them out. Right. Well, see, I've got booze, I've got
0: beer in the fridge now that I got when I moved into this house, which is about bit five mm. months ago. That people bought me as a present. It's like that's, that's gonna sit a little bit longer now, um, but we'll try mm. and get through it. Um, yeah. So we are having a nice wee drink tonight, which is is nice for a for Thursday evening. Um yes. As always, we'll do our usual wee updates. Camel Laird's not playing, not looking like they're gonna be playing anytime soon. We wish them good luck when they do finally get back to playing. Me and you yes. both want to see some football back. We want to see our, our teams back. We want to see some low level football back. We enjoy it. We love it. We want to see them play. Um, yes. Very hard. Very, very heartbreaking to, to see your team not be able to play. It's it's tough. Mm. Not, not just but obviously off leg, um, Yeah. Not playing totally. either. It's, it's tough that the teams aren't playing.
1: It, it's tough when these teams are so ingrained in the community. You know, yeah. they're still very much part of uh, where they are. You know, yes. it's it's a big. It's a big slice of life for a lot of people. So to yeah. not have it, it's it's quite devastating. Like me and Stacey were having a bit of back and forth conversation the other day because it was on Sky News. and uh, this guy who I now forget what team he supports, he was saying how like he's really struggled because like he can't go to the football. Yeah. And then I was saying that like, how Stacey was kind of missing the point. It's not just about the football, no. it's about the structure of his week, it's like yes. working, Saturday as his football day where they go for a drink before the game, after the game, his pals are there, it's all ingrained in yes. this Saturday, you know? Very much the so, structure because
0: there is a structure of your, of your week, because you know, it kind of the point like when, when do you have, how do you, how do you know what day it is sometimes if you don't have something to build towards? And as, we've
1: hi- yeah. as we've highlighted with me texting you randomly, and oh. then realising it's like a weekend, yeah.
0: You know, um, and equally, you know, but there stretch there when the only place I would see you would be at the football. You know, you would consider yeah, yeah. what we, that, that was sort of the one place we would actually guaranteed to sort of be what we said, stand and chat. So mm-hmm. it's it does it it's people maybe people maybe Stacy doesn't really understand it it's like the thing just how can it just football? was it matter about it? And it does it's, it is just football, but it mm-hmm. does it means a lot more to me when I mean, it it's so ingrained in your life and it's so ingrained in the, in the structure of your life. That that's mm. what you do on a Saturday afternoon. That you go to a game, you enjoy it, and, you, and yeah, it, it just it adds something to, to your weekend, and it may, and it gives you an idea of like this is my. It's, it's also a shame of like I'm not working. I'm doing something I'm enjoying as opposed to being you know forced to do things you don't want to do. You so, know, yeah. I think I can understand. I know people who are even more into football than I am, who are really struggling with this now, They really are you know missing. Yeah. The same way we're missing cinema. Like I miss cinema a great deal, and it's the same idea. You just add, It's something that you're weak needs and, it, and it, it's a circuit breaker when you are feeling down, you're feeling a bit depressed to try and yeah. bring you back. Totally. Totally did.
1: Yeah. one hundred percent agree.
0: Yeah. Um on that we normally talk about moving news. If you get any moving news whatsoever, it's a very quiet week, but I know you
1: found something. Uh, that's this is like proper scraping the bat, uh, the barrel, but I will get on to a point of this <laughs> of why I picked this story. There you go this is the passing of Dustin Diamond, okay. also known as Screech from Saved by the Bell. Now, yes. I don't know about yourself, but I watched Saved by the Bell when I was growing up. I
0: think we uh, all did. I think we all did. It was, it was it was a staple of all children of the 90s growing up children, Yeah, wasn't
1: it? Totally, totally. And it's only when you look back at it and go, These motherfuckers were like 30 years old playing kids who were in high school. <laughs> you know, he wasn't no, no, he was like the youngest out of he the lot, of of, double- He was like 14 or 15 when he first was on the show. But like a lot of the other stat, uh, other characters in it, the, it's only when you look back at it being an adult, you go, man, they're like old. They're, they're not playing like, they're not high schoolers playing high schoolers. They're like no. 20-somethings. Because <laughs> the, reason, the reason for that is if you have a high
0: school playing a high school, you can only film for something like four hours and you've got to take time mm-hmm. off whether the kids get schooled and all that kind of stuff. And there's like union laws and rules about how much you can use a child to film. If you make an, yeah. you make an 18-year-old play a teenager and you can film, you can do 12-hour days. So, yeah. so just, like, it's just so much easier to um, to have an adult play a child rather than have children so, play themselves because it just makes it so much. That's why the thing like, train your Things, it's like the commitment to have all the kids on it is still quite impressive that they went they with mm-hmm. that rather than trying like young them, you know, make adults play kids. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's never good when someone passes, so especially with cancer. But what I'm going to lead to is apparently you had a bit of a roller coaster life. Yes. And he wasn't well-respected within, like, Hollywood and all that. Like, a lot of things that he had done, he had generally robbed people the wrong way, whether it be, like, on sets. And generally just getting patched by the safe by the bell team when it came to, like, reunions and stuff. Because saved difficult... a man as well. Yeah, he'd done all that kind of stuff in a bar. You
0: not release a, a sex tape that he didn't, he didn't actually have, have yeah. of doing that, so he'd done that kind yeah. of stuff. He wasn't, I don't think he was a pretty like, nice person.
1: No. So... What rubs me the wrong way is when someone passes away. Suddenly, you get all these like peers or people he worked with or whatever coming out of the woodwork saying how oh, it's going to be a great shame that he's gone and all that. And you're like, don't just call a fucking kettle a kettle. He was a dick, and that's he it. Dick, yeah, yeah, you yeah. yeah. We'll put it that way. Didn't, I mean, like I said very sad
0: someone dies, but ultimately he didn't really seem like a particularly nice person. And maybe no. he obviously had demons. Maybe had problems. Maybe that's mm. who didn't drink, drugs, possibly. Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't make
1: good decisions. He made poor choices with, with certain things. Yeah. Um So it's just for all these people like I've seen them all like uh, all these big actors and actresses coming out the woodwork saying how shit it was that he's gone and all that, and he's are like he's didn't even fucking give him the time of day when he was there because he didn't like him. Don't try and butter up now and ride the fucking social media wave. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I think he's he's, he's um. Passing was a very much a blip on the
0: social media radar. It didn't really like affect yeah. people really all uh, that much. So very sad for it, the family, but I, yes. I, I'm not mourning the passing of him. Dustin
1: be Honest. Only other story I have, and this is more music related, which doesn't really have to do with a movie podcast, but it's about Miley Cyrus. I don't know if you've seen this story or not, but Miley Cyrus wrote to a fan this. And this fan was saying, oh fact, what it was was this fan had paid for Miley Cyrus on one of these websites where you can hire like an actor, an actor or an actress to like say or say something. Right. And you pay them, right? Like Cameo. Yeah, Cameo, thank you. Sorry, I couldn't remember the website. So she was like, Miley, any chance you can tell my parents that I'm gay, right? It was some it was that. Okay. And then Miley wrote back. This like beautiful message about how you know you're strong, you've got this, all this shit. Like really, like breaking the mold of what we think Miley Cyrus is. Then, because the, when it comes to the small print of cameo, you, you who have paid the actor or actress to do something, you are the one that actually owns the legal rights to it. So she started posting it all over social media saying like oh look how nice Miley Cyrus is she's not right. the ice queen that everyone knows and she's like she's actually really nice and genuine and like this was a really heartfelt message and all that. So then like Miley Cyrus's team who jumped all over it and were like oh you can't release this you need to take it down and all that. And then a cameo got involved and then they were like well, no, actually, like, the person who paid for it is actually the legal owner of it, so she can do whatever she wants with it. And it probably just transpires how much the team of of Miley Cyrus and I'm assuming other artists or whatever, they try to portray this, like, image of this person when in actual fact it's probably not them at oh, all. Of course not. It's just this, like, badass image, and you're like, maybe if, like you actually portrayed as a nice person, people would maybe actually fucking like him more rather than hiding that image of her like in a closet. Yeah, you know, um, I've, I mean, I'm amazed that Miley Cyrus is doing cameo. That doesn't seem like Miley would
0: have. Cameo seems like sort of the place where like your B actors and your sort of low rent yeah. actors go.
1: No, I think, every, I think not everyone's just on it. Yeah, I think it's just like. Everyone's on it. You just sign up, and you might randomly get like a couple of hundred bucks every now and again. You know,
0: I can't imagine Miley Cyrus needs a
1: hundred bucks at any point. <laughs>
0: literally, do you want to sign up to Cameo? We could sign up to Cameo. <laughs> I mean, we could. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody wants to hear us do anything, but yeah, um, it's an interesting story, and you, you yeah. always bring the interesting stories, Barry.
1: Yeah, um, uh, like I said, it, it's been a it's been a very quiet month, and it's not packing up anytime soon. Of interest, so. If you
0: could have a celebrity say something to you, what, what celebrity would you want to say something to you? Would it be The Rock?
1: Yeah, probably. Probably, probably yeah, like, I think it would be The Rock. Yeah, probably. Yeah. or him, or what, like David Goggins or someone who's not really a celebrity. He's only really like, like an internet person. You okay. know, someone like crazy or and inspiring or, you know, someone like that. Would you yeah. want him to tell you something like
0: inspiring, or do you want to tell him, like tell you like just to say like you're awesome, Barry. You got this, and then that's that's all your message is. Or would you want to tell you something more, sort of
1: more. Eh, nah, yeah, but you know what? Even even someone like Kevin Smith or something, just you know, some sort of like positive person, bit of motivation in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all I need. Not a bad one, not a bad one. Uh, what about
1: yourself? Is I, there anyone?
0: I'd probably go Kevin Smith as well, to be honest. Just, just Kevin Smith, just the way Kevin Smith can introduce someone, I would like him mm. to do it to me. Yeah. I've not really done much, but I would like the introduction he would give me. Because I feel he would he would make all my meager achievements sound more awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, I yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. he'd pick you up, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, that, yeah, oh, yeah.
0: And I'd, I'd play it like every time I walk into a room, you have that as I walk into a room, you know, be like my, sort of, like my theme music. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, that good, that'd be good. Anyway, so we'll move on to our um our. Uh, Viewing so again, we've been watching stuff at home because there's nowhere to go to watch movies, um, and we will start with a series that was on Amazon, uh, mm. and that is a
1: cartoon series called Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, now I need to I, I need to come come clean here. I have not seen any real Star Treks apart from the first of the newer movies, so that's okay. all the Star Trek I've seen. Okay,
0: fair enough, fair enough. I am uh, a big I, I enjoy Trek. I'm a big, I'm a big Trek fan. Um, it was written by Mike, or created by Mike McCann, um who was a writer on Rick and Morty. That's sort of his big mm. of thing, and I think that comes quite obvious if You're watching this. Um, the plot basically revolves around a Star Trek um, ship called USS Seratus, who, which is basically doing all the kind of dog's body missions in the Federation. It's not really doing all the fun ones. It's doing a sort of like the second. They're always behind the Enterprise. Essentially, they're always sort of yeah, the backdrop yeah. to it. Um, <laughs> and it, but rather than focus on the captain and the, the usual crew that the, the, the Star Trek shows focus on. This is focusing on sort of like the lower ranked um, personnel, the ones that live in the lower decks, the engineers and the cleaners and all that kind of stuff. And it sort of picks up with three of these people and sort of just follows their story um, and, just, and their adventures as being lower ranked members of the, of the, um, the Federation. Um mm. interesting cast, you've got Toni Newsome. She plays the main role. Um, she's in Space Force, medicine on that. Mm. Uh, Jack Quaid plays a uh, sort of the, the guy in it. He's from the boys, he plays a uh, uh, Huey and the boys. And um, Noel Wells from Master and None, and uh, Jerry O'Connell pops up in it as well. So, so it's quite a, a decent cast, good voice cast. And um, as I'm a Star Trek fan, I'll, I'll, I'll start on this one. And um, I really enjoyed this, I thought it was really funny, and I, and I really yeah. dug it. And um, big thing for me was. It doesn't waste any time. It doesn't have to waste any time. They take the assumption that everyone who's watching this has saw Star Trek before, so they mm. know exactly the world you're in. You don't have to spend time like sort of like establishing what world you're in, you know, what the Federation is, what what Star Trek is. You go, you're on a starship. This is it, and everyone goes, right, okay, I know where I am, and from that, it can kick the story on really quickly. So there's absolutely no time wasted uh, when it comes to like telling the story. Um, I thought it started very Rick and Morty esque. Like the main girl in it, the main female cat, she was basically Rick, and she sort she was way too cool. She knew everything was going to happen, and she was a little bit too clever. But as the show developed, they sort of ditched that idea and made it a bit more, like, made it a bit more of a, a more rounded character, a more human character. And, mm-hmm. and it leans more heavily into the emotional part of it, rather than leading into sort of like the Rick and Morty, let's be really clever, smart part of it, and, which I really enjoyed. And Rick and Morty at times can be way too clever for its own, bit, or for its own good, very, very funny mm-hmm. at times, also can be sort of mind-meltingly fucked up that you don't really know what you're, what you're watching. This is a more, more direct, you can use, Stories were all very much, you know, A to B to C to D, um, but told with a lot of warmth and emotion that, that I really enjoyed. Um, as a non-Star Trek fan, what did you think of it? I enjoyed this as well. Yes, I'm
1: happy. You know, you know I, I did I'd say I know enough about the idea of Star Trek and all that that yes. I got a couple of the end jokes. Uh, <laughs> one that always stands out was the fact that they kept on saying about how they couldn't afford like the enterprise and all that because Uh like it was like a copyright thing (laughs) and i was i found that just such a funny like um like just a cheap cheap, funny dig at it Uh so that i found was quite funny um but just in general i thought it was really well done especially for a especially for someone that's not like right deep into the star trek yeah uh,
0: There's there's, there's enough there to, as long as you know what Star Trek
1: is, that's what you really need to know.
0: You don't really need to know that much more. There's there's a lot of in jokes, a lot of in gags that if you are a Star Trek fan, you'll totally get and you'll find a lot more from it. But
1: this felt to me, it felt like it was kind of like a good introduction to Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like someone who's maybe heard of Star Trek but never actually liked to actually like uh, listen to it, Uh, watch it, sorry. Uh, so, this is a good kill at Stepping Stone. You watch it, you watch this, and then you move into like the actual show itself. And then I think a lot of it would come apparent because it is nice to talk about these people who do live in the bottom of these ships. Yeah. And like you never ever hear about them because it's all about like the captains and all that up at yeah. the top deck. And what I would say, it does show
0: that there's, there's, there's one way of doing a show rather than, you know, always sticking to the same style that you get with like every Star Trek show is. They, they show different eras and different ships, but ultimately it's the same. Basically, the same style of show. Mm. This shows you that know, you, you can be funny with it, you can be silly with it, but it still feels very much a Star Trek show. And I thought that was really interesting yeah, yeah. to look at because when you think about the shows out there, like, like all the Marvel shows are very distinctly Marvel. Mm. You know, all the DC shows are very yes. distinctly DC. They, there's no like comedy show out of like DC, which there really should be because there is funny stuff in that world. Um, so I thought it was, I thought mm. it was really clever the way they've done you know just showed that there's, there's more than one way of doing a show and um, where it leans its best you it when like it puts its heart out and it just puts its heart on the sleeve that's when it's totally the strongest um, and oh. it doesn't try and be overly smart or overly clever I mean, it just plays purely on emotion I thought it was really I thought it was really mm. well done and um, particularly the, the kind of relationship between the the green girl or blue girl and like the robot guy mm. I thought it was that was so yeah so yeah. So, so, so sweet and charming and um, and it is—it's yeah, generally, yeah. generally very, very funny, and it pokes so much fun at the genre and the franchise, but doesn't do oh, it totally. in, doesn't do it in a nasty way, but does it in a really funny way. Like the, the episode—I'm no. not going to spoil the episode—but an episode when you think they're on trial for something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and how it—and it's so—it's very, very clever how they do it, very funny, but it's just—it's just so funny how they twist the genre of what that, what every Star Trek fan thinks that is, to what it actually is. I thought I, I thought it was really well done. So. I really build. I watched this show in like two settings. I absolutely loved it. They're only about 25 minutes long each, um, but I loved. it. I yeah, thought yeah. it was absolutely cracking. I was a bit nervous at the beginning. The first couple, I thought it was trying to be too much like a Rick and Morty type show, which is hard to emulate. Um, and if you're not bang mm. on, if you're not really up to what Rick and Morty standards, you come across a little bit facetious and a little bit sort of up your own ass. It, it thankfully mm. ditches a lot of that and becomes its own thing very quickly, which I was really pleased at.
1: Um, but yeah, I would give it a very oh, solid yeah, out of ten. Nice. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten as well. I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, nice one, man. Really enjoyed it. Awesome. Great. I awesome. feel it's gonna get a second season. Yes, which is very happy. So, second film is "I Am Your Woman," also on
0: Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime exclusive. Directed um, uh, by Julia Hart, who directed a film called "Star Girl" and a film a few years, ago, a couple of years ago called "Fast Color," which is an absolute cracking mm-hmm. movie. I really enjoyed. If you get a chance to watch it, try and find that. The part of this one is a woman who has to go on the run with her young child. Because her husband has basically crossed the mob. He's, he had a, a mobster, but he sort of fucked the mob over. And it's her trying to hide into hiding with a bodyguard um, and trying to sort of regain her life in some way and also stay off the radar of the other mobsters who want to find her in order to um, exact revenge on her husband. And that's mm. basically it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. In yeah. uh, the film, you got Rachel Brosnan, who is from the Marvelous Miss Nasal, which is also on Amazon. Um Marsha Stephanie Blake, and um, Arazine Kane, uh, Frankie Faison, and Marceline Hugo. Um, sort of and quite an interesting cast. Don't really know much apart from uh, Rachel Brosnan, uh, who's also in that in the Marvelous Miss Meisel show. And um, what do you think of this one?
1: I didn't really like this one, I'm going to be honest. I didn't yeah. really dig it. Yeah, uh, it kind of just felt like a movie that wasn't really going anywhere. It was yeah. like. It was like a two-hour movie, and it felt every minute of a two-hour yeah. movie. It just, it just felt like a film that just didn't need to be made. It didn't really feel like there was any sort of real storyline to it at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you.
0: I thought it was. It's, it's oh, sorry. sorry,
1: sorry, there was a storyline there. It's just there wasn't any sort of like real conclusion. There's
0: no emphasis there no on the story. Agreed. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you to an extent. I think it was, it was a decently solid thriller, um, mm. but it done nothing new or interesting to make you feel it's something worthwhile making which sounds really horrible to say because it's obviously a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into this but yeah, yeah. it doesn't even add much to the genre I just sort of it just is if that makes sense um, yeah I enjoyed the lead role I thought Rachel Brosnan was excellent the lead. she's shown that she has sort of she's got a sort of movie actress's sort of feel about her as well and um, because she's in that really interesting stage of her career where she was so big on Amazon Prime with that Marvelous Miss Middle show and she won a couple of Golden Globes and she's sort of getting all mm. the credit for that. It's taken that jump to go from that to movies, you know, mm. you know, if that's what she wants to do. And it's what what kind of roles will she carve out for herself. And this is obviously very different, I think, from that TV show. Um, but she was very good, but The rest of the supporting cast just never really sparked with me. They all mm. seemed... Sort of just very transitory, you sort of they come come in for a moment and then they leave. No one really gets any time sort of to, to hang around. The one interesting kind of thought might have been the old lady who came for dinner at one point, yeah, yeah, but then she gets shuffled off quite quickly and there's not much more of a story to her.
1: I know she's just kind of like there and then she's not, like not there, yeah, you know, so, a bit of a shame. Um, yeah especially because like that was kind of starting to get like you were kind of sitting there trying to work out like uh, is she part of this or is she yeah, just it's... an innocent neighbor but it was all very quickly wrapped up so oh. you're just a bit like uh, okay, okay. Um, and then uh, I, I don't know about yourself but I just found like the the car chase very clunky and very slow like it didn't it didn't give me the same it it didn't come across like oh this is a car chase. It was like oh it's exciting. There's it a bit of adrenaline. It was like a very slow motion car chase without it being slow motion. If that makes any sense. I, the third act, the entire third act felt like someone's
0: taking script notes, which was to add some excitement into it. one mm. they, they feel sort of lazy, even putting excitement into it. it felt like it, it. Felt like it was. I wasn't loving it as the early part as the character study, but I was more interested in the character study part of it when it tried to become just your. Even more of a run the mill thriller with sort of like a like a sort of exciting ending, it became mm. even less interesting at that point too. Because I feel like it like this felt it felt like so much like a straight to video, straight to DVD movie. Just it didn't really offer much of interest. One
1: hundred percent, One hundred percent agree. It's um...
0: and, and and like you said, man, the two hours. It fucking every minute of that. It, it, it lasted two hours. There's, there's, there's yeah. No, don't feel like you're watching. You look at your watch and you go, holy shit! it's been on like. An hour and a half, and it's it's um,
1: flew by. This felt like two hours. Mm, I totally. That's my plan was yesterday to watch this and then go straight into uh, the last movie that we'll discuss tonight. Yeah. Uh, the dig, but after this movie, I was like, I'm fucking sacking it. The night I need to come back to wear Aye. a fresh head again you know because after this movie you needed a break you know Aye.
0: it's not It's even like it's not we really a break because it's so intense it's just it's sort of just very sort
1: of slow and it
0: takes a long you know the two hours felt like five hours just to, to tell the story Um mm. it's a shame because i feel that there's an interesting story in there i just wish mm. it mm. act in a bit more interesting of a way and um, you know the story of the, the wife on the run had got something but because all the other kind of round her were so in and out it so quickly and didn't really last anything. You didn't really get a chance to see or interact with anyone. So you don't you to understand you know, what's in her mindset. You're all you trying to guess it from out, like, her wandering around, sort of looking mournfully at the dishes. Um, really yeah. Well, all she's kind of done. Um, so yeah, I was kind of let down. I'd really, I'd hope this might be something interesting, but I think at best it was average, at yeah. worst it was boring, I think, is the way mm. it um, Yeah, yeah.
1: It's yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame because I kind of had high hopes for it, you know. It's uh, and there was like a couple of night like good moments where you felt like it was now going to pick up again, like in the nightclub scene. Yes, I felt like all right, here we go. This is us. We're turning a corner. We've kind of just hit about the hour mark or Mm. just over the hour mark. This is us. We're turning a corner. We're going to start getting a bit of movement, but nothing was ever really explained properly, like as to. What they were doing and while of a sudden Eddie had just randomly disappeared who's her husband in it uh, um yeah you're just so you were kind of just left like the main character just hopefully wandering around trying to piece it together yourself yeah, to try yeah. and make a movie yourself uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: and i felt like those and like you said the big point is there's no real proper thing. i mean there's a conclusion to it where the definitive definitive conclusion at some point but yeah didn't really feel I wasn't satisfied with the ending. It didn't feel it felt like a long way to go to get to that ending, which I felt was not a, a good investment of my time.
1: No, definitely not, man. Definitely not. It's
0: a real shame because Julia Hart's film *Fast Color*, which you've try been trying to to watch, it's also very, it's quite slow, but it has a point to it. It's, it's, a, it's a really excellent movie, um, mm. and I, I really dug that film. Um, I guess I cinema. I can't remember if of went cinema but saw it on uh, VOD, but I remember really, really enjoying it. It might one, one of my favourites. Um, yes. or a few years ago, it's, it's a really, it's a really well told, really clever, um, engaging story, and that's the oh. thing maybe this problem is that this film just wasn't engaging. Uh,
1: yeah, I uh, it was just I didn't I think care enough. It was my problem. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. If you don't care about the main character, then your, your interest in watching it diminishes very quickly.
1: And like, I didn't even really, like, you didn't even really get an explanation as to where that, this was as because as happens in the first, like, 30 seconds, but the fucking husband reappears with a child? Where the hell did that child come from? Well, oh, that's, you find that out at the end. Did really? he? Yeah,
0: you, you you must have lost interest at that point. I'll, I'll explain off my camera where that came from.
1: Okay, cool, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I must have zoned out and just was like, come yeah. on credits, come on. I want to say um, finding that out didn't didn't feel like a conclusion to me. I wasn't I wasn't overly happy. I wasn't like sort
0: of like oh my god it's not all worthwhile. Well. I was still sort of my going
1: there?
0: Um mm. I would give it
1: six out of ten. Ooh, I was going to give it five just because it was so long and not much happening in it. I liked Rachel and I thought she was very. I thought
0: she's she got a lot of screen presence. I enjoyed her for what she was mm. doing.
1: She,
0: yeah,
1: she it's, more, more yeah, it's the first movie I've seen in a long time that makes a cast chase. Feels slow, yeah. But it's just quite impressive, you know.
0: <laughs> so are we giving it then five. Yeah, five out of ten did. Five out of ten. Okay. So we're not we're not recommending that one. And the last film of today is The Dig, which is on Netflix. It's written by Simon Stone, who did a film called The Daughter. Um, the plot of this film is basically it's about the Sutton Hole archaeological dig, um, about the about the the amateur archaeologists who's trying to who's digging up the mounds. And the women who own the land, and, it's, and then pitted against, to some degree, against the sort of like professionals who who want to overta- who like take over the the dig and claim a lot of the glory. And it's a relationship to develop between everyone on the dig site um, during mm. that time, and ultimately you know, what will happen to the the treasures that come from the Southern and hope, uh, mm. treasure trove. Um, so sounds like time team essentially. So it's sort of as like sort of like time team with a little bit of romance. It's sort of the best way to put it. Um, they on the
1: on the cusp of World
0: War II Yes, on the cusp of World War II as well. Yeah. So, yeah. um, anything. Carrie Mulligan um playing the sort of landowner. Uh, Ralph Fiennes plays the amateur archaeologist. Uh, Lily James plays another archaeologist. Johnny Flynn plays his, her love, love interest. And Ken Stott, the wonderful Ken Stott, plays the sort of the um, the guy who, the professional who's sort of sees this as you know has right to it as a part of the British Museum that he wants it. Um. So yeah, he's he popped up in it as well. And um, after this one, I thought this was very pretty short. It looked lovely. Every every shot looked amazing. And mm. um, it's a nicely well-told story. It's it, the the performances are very layered. There's been, it's a nice bit of drama to it. But mm. it does feel like it lacks an exciting instant. You know, it just feels like not a lot happens in it.
1: Which is exactly like Time Team.
0: Yeah, it felt like yeah. it felt, you know, it felt like it. I get I get, I mean, I've done a bit of reading after it, and what the Sutton Hole architecture dig was very, very important, very special and sort of very unique. Yeah. And they got they did they put that across really well in the sense that you know how how rare this was and how important this was to the country and things like that, but it just felt a little bit dry for a big mm. chunks of it. And um, what I would give they didn't they didn't try and put a love story between Carrie Mulligan and Ralph Fiennes, because I wasn't one in real life and also the, in reality, the Carrie Mulligan character is act, was actually older than the archaeologist, mm. so they've, they've cast her young. And originally, going to be Nicole Kidman playing her. Oh, okay. Um, she dropped out, so the Carrie kind of Mulligan played. So that was interesting. That um, I, I sort of really interested did try and put a love story in there, which I thought was so easily could have done, which um, would have been really you know, would be true to life, and also would be very obvious. But because of that, like you're left without the kind of well, you want me things. So they try and inject this love story between Lily James. Johnny Flynn, the photographer, who is I think Carrie Mulligan's nephew in it, I think from what I remember, um, mm. and also and, and Lily James's husband in it, who's an archaeologist on the dig. This sort of, sort of love triangle in it, and it became so pointless. Yeah, you know, it's it, it an absolute pointless B plot. They just it didn't add anything to it other than add to the runtime. Um,
1: yeah, they could have done with trimming the run time down a bit, I thought. I felt like a bit like yourself. A lot of the middle part was a bit dry and lacking any sort of movement. So I would have been happily, I would have happily lost at least 20 odd minutes and got it a solid 90 minute movie. Hi. You know? Um, like, like you said, there's a the whole love story thing between them, and we are trying to put in
0: this whole thing that he's not Ralph Fiennes, but the Johnny Flynn character joining the Air Force and like sort of mm. going on World War II and stuff like that. And. I always think yeah, it was very, that was a very important part of the thing that was happening in the world at that time, but it didn't mm. seem particularly important to this story. So the reason no, I, for, for it being, it just seemed like it was just pushed in it to try and give some sort of like sort of exciting incident. Like, the most exciting thing that happens in it is at one point the, someone gets covered by a lot of duck and, mm. and you have to rescue him. And that's like, <laughs> like what, about a minute worth of film. And, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's not a lot of, a lot of people use sort of walking wistfully and sort of very hushed conversations and there's, there's, it, it's all very well done and it's all very like I said, it's all very pretty and all the acting's very, very good, but it just it just it lacked a real punch to it that made me sort of want to want to love it. I thought it was yeah. all very I thought it was all very very quaint, very nice. A Sunday afternoon film, if ever I saw one. But
1: oh totally. Right just before painting. Right, it's just, like,
0: you know, and, and keep back time team, and
1: time team. It's just, it felt so um, I, mean, I just think like, we're not old enough yet for time team. I think that's what we're getting at here. It's, um, yeah, that. It was, it was kind of funny. The kind of uh, the party that they were having when they discovered the boat and stuff, and it was like all the museums and all the kind of historical folk were pure, like just slavering over them to try and like. Lure them into their yeah. camp, and you will just like, oh, this is disgusting. Just have your cake and enjoy it.
0: Well, see, the thing is, there could have been a story there of like, because the big thing was like, if something's discovered in your land, then technically it's yours. Mm. Something's deemed so important to this country then the country can basically declare that treasure. Yes. At which point they take ownership of it. Yeah. I think that's I think that's part. I don't know the exact law, but and then they have to give you sort of like money in terms of the value, of it to some degree, but you have to give it to the nation. Yes. Now. There could have been a story there in the film of like sort of the court battle maybe to have that to have to yeah, that yeah. maybe a bit more drama because they do touch on it but it's so briefly and it just it's done so quickly that it's like and then about ten minutes later you just tell you oh by the way she, she gifted it to the nation anyway it's like oh well that's hmm. fucking that's it's like god oh, damn it women what were you doing well I, I get why she gifted it it's very nice about doing it. are doing it's very very sort of selfless to do that but I felt like the story could have been a bit hard, maybe sort of like. The ownership and the rights to this stuff that that's on her land could have been sort of more of a sort of a drama than just mm. the guy digging it. A wee brief romance with like this trilogy of, in, in this trilogy of like sort of wee helper people he has, mm. um, and then that's it over. It just it didn't it felt like it needed something to sort of more caress the story to be more entertaining. You know, story's very important but not entertaining. I think is the way I would I would look at it. Yeah.
1: Historically important, just not worthy of almost a two-hour movie out of it. Yeah. you know,
0: like there is there is obviously a movie there about it, but just this one felt it, it, it. felt it looked like I said before, looked pretty, all greatly acted, but just yeah. kind of dry and mm. just not more engaging. I would say than I'm your woman, but not much different in that sense. You know, it's just I, I felt like it's it, something maybe a grand would love because it's
1: all yeah, so, totally, so sweet. totally yeah you know but it's a nice good clean wholesome movie
0: well you say it's nice clean and wholesome but we saw lily james's boobs in it which obviously that's yeah, not so wholesome you know
1: that
0: no, was no, yes, very no, surprising no, yes. you know that was, that was great.
1: <laughs> well that's kind of funny but suddenly we're back interested well, again
0: we all paired up at that point yeah but um yeah oh, so, wait, if only
1: time team done this we might be interested <laughs> that a bit
0: more i don't like to say robin i don't like to say, <laughs> that sounds disgusting um but yeah, I think if the films, I think you can sit there and watch it. You will not dislike it. You'll probably enjoy it to some mm. level, but you'll probably sit there afterwards and go, "Nothing really happened," you know. Like, yeah. No, you know, <laughs> there's there's no real
1: excitement to it. Yeah. 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 I, thought, I I was kind of expecting them to kind of touch on, uh, especially because very early on, it's like you do see all the like, RAF planes like rolling by. Is like uh, doing their thing, is are uh, giving up for World War II, I thought they would have kind of like, touched on that a lot more than what they actually did in the movie. Aye, you but know, the World it's a- it's not really a story. That's not really an important
0: part of the story, to be honest. It's, yeah,
1: like,
0: it just happened to be taking place at that time, but it's mm. not a, it's not like a point of the story where you go like, "This is really important." But not, that doesn't really doesn't really play into the story that much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, be right. You could have used that as a story in order to like sort of. Flesh it out more rather than the sort
1: of half baked love triangle they sort of put into it. Yeah, I don't know. Even just, I don't know, something of him actually going and being in the RAF, or even you see him sitting in a plane doing his thing, you know, at the start of the war, you know, something, you know. Yeah.
0: Everyone, out of 10, what are you going
1: to give it? Uh, Kind of middle of the road. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 because, like you said, it's well, it's well filmed. It's nice. Story's kind of lacking some sort of meat there for the sandwich, but yeah. You know. you know, I'm exactly the same as you. Seven out of ten. There's nothing bad about it, but there's nothing that I found overly
0: engaging. But, um, it's mm. a very sweet, lovely watch, but it's it's it's, it's not what I would say a, a thrilling event to watch.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: um, and that's us for this week. I think yeah, that's us this week. So next week, and we have a, a very interesting and varied. Um, but films to watch. So the first one we have is Promising Young Woman, um, which is also starring Carrie Mulligan, which I think you'll find very interesting. It's a much, much different film. Um, if so.
1: Yeah, I've I've watched all the trailers for this, uh, for next week's movies, so yeah, I've already got my eye on a few that I like the look of.
0: Yeah, so that looks like really interesting. You've got News of the World, which is on Netflix, starring Tom Hanks and is there anything bad with Tom Hanks in it? Let's be honest. Tom yeah, Hanks is, is Tom Hanks. Um, there's also a horror on Amazon called The Night Eats the World, which I really only picked because it had a great title. Um, mm. It's been out for a couple of years now, but I've not seen it before. I think you've seen it before, so that's the one we'll talk about it as well. And the final film was in four films next week because you've had one on it. Your own request, this is one of Barry's requested. He very rarely mm. wants to watch certain things. Because he asked for this, we put it in. And that is Greenland, Greenland. Uh, a sort of environmental
1: disaster movie starring Paisley's finest Gerard Butler. <laughs> only, <laughs> because, only because I woke up after an afternoon nap and this trailer was running in the background and I absolutely shat it, wondering what was happening <laughs> in the world, you know? So, I've, not
0: seen, I've not watched the trailer yet. Out of interest, is Jerry doing a Scottish accent, Irish accent, or is he going to use Mid-Atlantic American?
1: Aye, he's a strange American accent yeah. as we all sat there going... God damn it, man. You come from Paisley. What I are you mean, doing? You come from Paisley, sir. Come on. Do it right. Yeah, um, yeah but that's that's what we have for next week. Barry, where people find us? All the usual social media haunts at three beers in a movie. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's right. That, for this week, I've
0: been Richard. You've been... Barry. You've been listening to... Three beers in a movie.